Hi, my name is Jackie, and this is Alive and Active. This podcast is a weekly devotional where we will study scripture and challenge one another to a lifestyle that is fully alive in Christ. In this devotional, I will challenge you to actively pursue what God says and how we can apply it to our lives. So grab your Bible and your favorite beverage, and let's dig in together. Today we will address an issue that most believers and non-believers have wrestled with at some point in their lives. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why does it seem like the wicked prosper? This topic was really hard to nail down. There's a lot of information about this in the Bible, so this will be a two-part series. If this topic really resonates with you and you want to go deeper with it, I'd like to give you more resources. So check out the book, The Problem with Pain by C.S. Lewis. This is one of my husband's favorite authors. C.S. Lewis wrote this book after losing his wife, and he also lost his mother at a young age. So this book kind of stems from that. A few of my points today come from this book. So if you want to go deeper with that, then I highly recommend that book, The Problem with Pain by C.S. Lewis. So I think it's important for us to start where evil first entered into the world. This is in the beginning in Genesis 3. We all know the story. The first act of sin to ever enter into the world, Eve, she was persuaded by the devil who was in the shape of a serpent to disobey God's one and only command. You must not eat from the tree of knowledge for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God had provided Adam and Eve with every need and desire. He walked and he talked with them daily in paradise. When they chose to follow Satan's schemes, they died a spiritual death that led to separation from the intimate fellowship of God and caused division and strife in their holy paradise. The consequences of this disobedience starts in verse 16. To the woman he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe, very painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. As a mom and a wife, I can tell you that these curses still exist today. They are pretty accurate. It is in our sinful human nature that division will come between a husband and wife, but God is also a God who redeems and restores. So the consequences also continue with Adam in verse 17. Because you listened to your wife and you ate the fruit from the tree that which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toll, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Once again, still an accurate curse today. It started from the beginning of creation. How many of you have never had trouble with finances? How many of you have never had trouble in a job situation? This is a very common thing that still happens today. And have you ever tried to grow a garden? Last spring, I tried my hand at my first garden. It got completely devoured with bugs and insects, and it was really hard to keep up with the natural pesticides and trying to keep the vegetation in my small garden healthy and productive. I can't imagine the work that goes into actually farming a big field. The point is, strive and hardship occurs as a consequence to our sin. Scripture says, no one is good. We all fall short of God's glory. Every one of us are born into that line of sin and fall under those consequences. He gives us free will, and when we choose our own way instead of God's way, 
there will be consequences, either in this life or the next. Thankfully, we have God's holy word as a guide when we're faced with life's tough questions. The prophet Jeremiah asked the same question that we are attempting to unpack in this episode. In the days of Jeremiah, many false prophets spoke of peace instead of judgment, and it was exactly what the people wanted to hear. People did as they pleased, and they worshipped whatever little g-god they wanted, but still they believed that they were under the protection and grace of God's covenant with his people. The people are taken captive by their enemies. The prophet Jeremiah is in great distress for their nation. In chapter 11, God reminds Jeremiah that he made a covenant with these people. He said, listen to my voice and do according to all which I command you. So you shall be my people and I will be your God. He warns that the people have not upheld their end of the bargain. They have rebelled against the voice of the Lord and followed foreign gods. The Lord says these people are stubborn and evil. He warns that they will have distress with no rescuer because of their choices to worship other gods and ignore God's commands. In verse eleven fourteen, he says, Do not even pray for these people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not listen when they call to me because of their disaster. The prophet Jeremiah asked the exact question we are searching for today in chapter 12. He says, Righteous are you, O Lord, that I would plead my case with you. Indeed, I would discuss matters of justice with you. Why has the way of the wicked prospered? Why are all of those who deal in treachery at ease? You have planted them. You have also taken root. They grow. They even produce fruit. You are near to their lips, but far from their minds. But you know me, O Lord, and you see me, and you examine my heart's attitude towards you. Drag them off like sheep for the slaughter, and set them apart for a day of carnage. God responds to Jeremiah by telling him he wants to uproot the house of Judah, and he wants to have compassion on them if they will only return and come back to him. But if they do not, he will destroy the nation. Let me repeat, he says he will destroy the nation that Jeremiah is a part of. He does not say that he will set Jeremiah apart and rescue him as he did Noah. We can't always understand why innocent people have to experience the backlash of other people's sin, but we can find hope and refuge in knowing the one true living God. In John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The prophet Joshua spoke around the same time as Jeremiah in the days of King Nabopolassar. I probably just butchered that name so bad. (laughs) Sorry if I did. So in the last prophecy that Joshua gives to the people, he says in verse 24, 15, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of the ancestors served beyond the Ephrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. One of the last words Joshua spoke, he declared to the people, hey, do what you want. But despite all of all this wickedness in the world, I will stand firm in choosing to serve the one true living God. Amen. Another example of this is one of my favorite dialogues between the disciples and Jesus. It's found in John chapter 6. So in this story, hundreds of people came to see Jesus perform miracles like it was a magic show. When Jesus instead preaches the gospel, many people walk away and decide not to follow him anymore. Jesus then turns to his 12 disciples and says, Will you leave me also? But Simon Peter says, 
Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. I feel this so deep in my core. Where shall I go, Lord? No matter how bad it gets, your words, O Lord, are the only thing that hold weight for eternal life. The book of Ecclesiastes also answers many of these life's tough questions. I will do my best to interpret, but bear with me because the author of Ecclesiastes is very poetic. Many people believe that King Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, and that makes sense because it is very poetic. So I found Ecclesiastes contemplating the meaning of life for the wicked and evil in chapter 8 and 9. You might want to pause and read it right now or make sure that you read it after the podcast. From what I gather is there will be people that choose wicked or righteousness, but no one can understand why it seems the wicked get rewarded in this life sometimes. If you're a non-believer, then hey, enjoy your wealth, eat, drink, enjoy your loved ones, and be merry, because one day you will die and it will all be gone, and that's the best life you're going to get. But to the believer... Don't worry yourself with the rewards found in this life because our reward is an eternity with God in heaven. Luke 6 says to be glad and leap for joy because your reward is great in heaven. Next week, we're going to go deeper into Luke 6. So I hope you will join me for the second part of this discussion. We are going to turn to the scriptures on the topic of why innocent people seem to experience the consequences of other people's sin. This is a tough one. This is really tough for me. So keep praying for me. Pray that my words are not my own, but from God's very own heart. Thank you so much for listening. This awesome song is titled Meant to Be by Ark North featuring Christina Marina. Please know I am praying for you every week and I would so love it if you would pray for me as well because your prayers are powerful and effective. I would love to hear how this week's episode impacted you and I hope you'll join me next week. Until next time, let's go be doers of the alive and active Word of God.